Welcome back to Point of Sale, the show where we break down great retailers, the supply chains that move them, and the data they use to make decisions. Each week, I bring on an expert guest to break down a certain segment or aspect of the retail supply chain. Today, we're talking about a white-hot space. That's warehouse technologies. And my guest is Keith Phillips, the CEO and president of Voxware. Keith, thanks for joining me. Welcome to Point of Sale. Good morning. Thanks for having me, Andrew. All right. So, Keith, you are new to the FreightWaves TV audience. Give us a brief overview of what Voxware does and what types of customers you guys serve with your solutions. Sure. Uh, so, Voxware, is, uh, we've been around since 1993, and we provide technologies to automate processes within distribution centers. So, all of the activities that take place in terms of moving product through the supply chain uh, the, the activities within the warehouse, we automate using voice scanning and augmented reality technologies to increase the efficiencies and also the accuracy of the activities and the products that are that are handled and shipped. Keith, you told me that COVID accelerated the demand for warehouse technology. Can you detail some of the challenges that COVID brought to the forefront that's making retailers invest more heavily in warehouse technologies? Yeah, so it's uh, it's it's been an interesting dynamic to uh, to observe over the last uh, what I guess almost eleven months now, um, and, and there are some who have said that the pandemic has accelerated e-com activity by as much as five years, uh, and and we saw a dramatic increase uh, throughout the summer and continued through the holiday season in terms of e-commerce activity, uh, driven largely by you know, people that are no longer going out to shop um, and, and particularly in the grocery space, uh, we've seen a tremendous acceleration of online grocery shopping. And, you know, we've all experienced the empty shelves in, in, in grocery stores across the country. Uh, so it's uh, it's been interesting to see the dynamic and you, you couple the increased activity with lack of available workers due to workers that are sick and staying home, um, workers that were furloughed early on and then didn't come back because of stimulus checks and things like that. So warehouses have been forced to figure out a way to move product more rapidly through the supply chain. And largely across the industry, people were unprepared, companies were unprepared, and they really struggled to get product through the supply chain and into the consumer's hands. And I think what we're seeing now, we started to see late last year uh, and continues into this year, is that, you know, corporate executives are now sitting around tables and asking them the question, what, what did we learn and what are we going to do going forward to address this increased demand, which seems to be, you know, the, the habits of shoppers seems to be here to stay. You know, I think that, uh, you know, we are all today purchasing items over the internet that previously we would have just picked up as we walked through the grocery or through the corner pharmacy store, or you know, whatever it might be. But I think that we're just, uh, you know, people are buying things that they didn't buy before uh, over the internet. And so I think uh, corporate executives are having to ask the question, you know, what do we need to do to be prepared as we move forward? And technology is a big part of that answer. 
So let's talk about that technology for a moment. What have been some of the biggest advancements in your industry, in the wearable warehouse technology industry in recent years? Well, it's, uh, you know, like anything in technology, it's uh, the, 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 the wearable mobile devices have become smaller. They've become much more powerful. Um, and, you know, it, his, historically, if you look back 10 years ago, a mobile device in a warehouse did one thing and, and one thing only. Um, and, and, and that's just the way it worked. In today's warehouse, a worker might have a device that allows them to perform multiple functions within the distribution center. They can scan items, they can capture images of items, uh, they can use voice technology. So it's, uh, it, I think the, 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 the technology has expanded greatly in terms of the capabilities and it's also become more usable because the form factors are much smaller than they were even five or six years ago. You know, the form factor of most wearable devices, mobile devices that users in warehouses are carrying around today are like an iPhone. So they're, they're small, they're light, uh, they're easy to carry, they're easy to manage. And it's a form factor that, you know, people in society are accustomed to today. It's not a foreign form factor to them. It's something that they're, they're used to handling on a daily basis. So it just makes it a whole lot more uh, easy to adopt within a distribution center. Keith, you guys' products, your software is hardware agnostic. Can you talk a little bit about how the pivot towards Android, uh, an Android operating system away from a Windows operating system has advanced your technology and allowed it to be more scalable and more useful? Yeah, it, it, it has. You make a great point. Um, uh, with, the, with the advancement of Android, if you can keep up with it, because uh, new releases of, uh, of Android come out, uh, you know, almost every 12, 18 months. So it's a, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's like a sprint trying to keep up with, uh, the new technology coming out uh, with Android operating systems. But, uh, it has given us the ability to, to do things, uh, in our software that we couldn't do previously. And it's given us the ability to combine technologies into a single device that you could not do previously. You know, in, in, in a previous world, we might have to have a individual worker in a warehouse who is having to keep hold of three or four different types of devices to perform multiple tasks throughout the warehouse, whereas today they can do it simply with the device, the, the wearable device and a headset uh, or a pair of glasses, whichever it might be, if it's an augmented reality uh, application. So it has it has increased the capability and the the ability for us to provide additional solutions throughout the warehouse. So that if you go into a warehouse today, uh, every task that is performed from receiving the goods into the warehouse until they're packed and shipped out the other side of the warehouse can be automated using technology. Uh, the question becomes, you know, what is the right technology for each of those tasks in the warehouse, which is a big part of what we focus on in terms of looking at the specific tasks that are performed and what is the proper technology? What's the proper wearable device to make it the most efficient process that it can be for that individual worker? Keith, I want to circle back around to some of those different technologies and more specifically augmented reality and its use cases in a second. But before we do that, I did want to ask you about adoption of warehouse technologies. Mitsubishi Heavy Industries said in 2018 that in five years, so in 2023, they expected 70% of facilities to, would be adopting wearable technology. Where are we on that prediction? Are we on pace? Well, I think we are, but I think it also, you, you kind of have to look at that, uh, 
a, a little bit more closely to define, you know, what is wearable technology, what what fits into that category. Um, I think in in today in twenty well twenty twenty one now, right? Uh, I think you go into a warehouse, you're going to see some form of quote unquote wearable technology. The question becomes, how do you define wearable? Uh, you know, is is a scan gun in a holster on a belt? Is, is that really wearable technology? Um, some would argue it is. Some would argue that it's not and it's it's cumbersome and it requires you to tie up one hand to remove the scanner to scan and then put it back up before you can handle the item. Whereas, you know, true wearable technology, a device that's in your pocket that you don't have to touch, allows you to keep both hands free, keep both eyes focused on what you're doing and makes you therefore more efficient and also provides for a safer work environment. But I think that uh, I think we're certainly moving very rapidly uh, in that direction. It's it's very uncommon in today's world to go into a warehouse and find zero technology. Uh, they're out there, but but they are certainly uh, few and much more rare than they were, you know, two or three years ago. So I think we are I think we are moving in that direction. Uh, are we going to be there 70 percent in five years? Uh, I would not question that. I think that uh, that that probably is very realistic. Well, how do retailers determine what types of technology is right for their DC? For example, augmented reality. What uh, what processes or or things that have to get done in the in the workflows in the warehouse prompt people prompt retailers to invest in augmented reality or other wearable technologies? Yeah, I think. Uh, I think it differs from company to company. I think it's a lot of trial and error, quite honestly. Um, there is a lot of technology in the market today, and there is a lot of momentum, uh, particularly in the distribution industry, around adopting technology to reduce costs, create efficiencies, increase accuracies, move products more rapidly through the supply chain. Um, and, and, you know, every company approaches it a little bit differently. Uh, we work with companies to try to look at their distribution center and their entire supply chain from a very holistic perspective to determine what is the right technology. Uh, because, you know, we know our heritage is voice recognition, right? But we go into a warehouse and we know that there are certain functions that take place in that warehouse that don't necessarily lend itself to voice as the best answer. Uh, scanning could be the best answer. Robotics could be the best answer. So we try to work with our customers to understand exactly what their challenges are in terms of moving products through their supply chain to get them into the consumer's hands to understand what is the best technology. Uh, but I think we do see, you know, a lot of even our own customers, uh, it, it becomes an exercise of trial and error and they'll bring in different technologies uh, and they try to determine if it's going to meet the need or not meet the need. And uh, I think there's a lot of the technologies to, in today's world that are uh, greatly overpromising uh, their capabilities and the results that you can get from it. Um, and, and you have to really look closely at you know, where is the application for this? You know, one of the one of the big technologies that's uh, gaining a lot of ground and a lot of momentum is uh, the AGV market, automated guided vehicles. And they certainly bring value into a distribution center. 
but they also have their limitations and, and, and in the wrong places, they just, you know, they, they slow you down more than they speed you up. We had one customer that, that brought them in uh, to replace uh, motorized pallet jacks and they worked extremely well, but they couldn't move as fast as the human workers could on a motorized pallet jack. Uh, so in that particular case, it was just the wrong application. But there are a lot of different technologies out there. And, you know, companies have to evaluate the technologies based on their specific requirements and, and their specific business model and also their ability to invest. You know, there's some really good technology that, quite frankly, in today's world, just isn't practical for most organizations to deploy because of the, the large investment that's required to deploy it and maintain it over time. Uh, so it's, uh, you know, I think that, you know, companies do well to really investigate technologies that are available and understand the capabilities before they move forward and, uh, and, and make decisions and bring technology in that doesn't give them the results that they're looking for. Keith, you mentioned earlier that you believe much of the retail industry, especially the non-apparel retailers, are unprepared for e-commerce distribution operations, particularly when it comes to returns. Why is that? And what can retailers do from a warehouse technology's perspective to right the ship? Well, I think you're right. And I think it, and it, it's actually it's all retailers. I just think that apparel retailers are less affected right now because there's there's less of that business right now. Um, but I think it's, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's it just, you know, people had not moved fast enough. Companies had not moved fast enough to implement technology in their distribution centers um, and with the, the change in consumers buying habits that have occurred as a result of this pandemic, uh, you know, a, there are a lot of companies out there that just don't have the capabilities to move the product as fast as they need to. Um, and we as a company have done several surveys around uh, e-com experiences, returns experiences, uh, and the results from consumers were, were not that great. Um, you know, and, and I personally, I have Christmas gifts that I ordered in early November that still haven't shipped yet. Um, so it's, uh, you know, it's, wow. that's an indication that there's just a lot of companies that still haven't figured this out. And I think most companies were in the process of evaluating, you know, what is our future supply chain need to look like? What do we need to do from a distribution perspective? Um, and then we got this surprise pandemic. And as I said earlier, you know, there are some people who say that it's accelerated econ buying habits by as much as five years, and it appears to be here to stay. So I think there's a lot, there's a lot of catch up that needs to occur uh, within the the distribution space. And we've seen it, you know, our activity has picked up dramatically uh, it was real interesting to, to go back and look at, you know, the last 10, 11 months when the uh, pandemic, you know, first hit and we all realized that, you know, this was something that was going to be pretty bad. Uh, it, it seemed like everything just stopped dead in its tracks for about two weeks and then it slowly started to pick up. And then by mid late summer, we started to see a tremendous amount of activity as companies tried to figure out, you know, how are we going to get prepared for the holidays? Uh, and then, of course, everybody went into, uh, you know, their their plans for the holidays and trying to execute as best they could. 
Uh, and as I said earlier, now, you know, post holiday period, I think there's a lot of corporate executives that are having conversations about what are we going to do to make sure that we are prepared going forward. Um, and our uh, activity from a sales perspective uh, has picked up dramatically in the last three to four months. So it's, uh, you know, we're seeing a lot of activity, a lot of conversations taking place about, you know, what can we do? to increase our productivity and also make sure that we maintain the highest level of accuracy. Because when you go from, you know, a, a situation where retailer is shipping product to its brick and mortar store to now everything is being shipped direct to a consumer, there's a different level of expectation. If you ship the wrong item to the store, you can manage it internally. If you ship the wrong item to my front doorstep, now you got a whole different kind of issue to deal with. Um, and I think the other thing that, uh, that, you know, has not been anticipated, or at least I'm waiting to see if it has by some of the uh, different retailers that are out there, is that we are seeing things ordered via e-commerce that we haven't seen previously. You know, it, it, historically, people were ordering clothing and shoes and, you know, those type things over the Internet. Now people are ordering large screen TVs and mattresses and, you know, different types of products and size and, and heavy products. And there's a whole different level of complexity when you start talking about returns of those type items and high ticket items. Uh, so I, I do think that um, that there are probably some organizations out there that are struggling right now figuring out, you know, how do we manage returns of those type items or the bulk of items. One of the trends that we've seen as a result of e-commerce is that uh, consumers have gotten into the habit of, you know, if I'm going to order a pair of shoes over the internet, I'm probably going to order two different sizes and maybe even two different colors. So I might order four pair of shoes knowing that three of them are going to get returned. So I think the, the impact of, of returns on retailers in particular is is going to continue to become more complex and also it's going to place a strain uh, on the retailers just purely from a financial perspective because they're shipping out four products potentially and three of them are coming back and you got to figure out not just how to handle the disposition of those products when they come back in but also you know what is the What's the loss in, in revenue and margin on those returned items? And, and what do you do with them? Do you put them back in and resell them at a lower price as a used product? Or do you box them up and sell them in bulk to, a, you know, an aftermarket type retailer? So I think there's, I think there's some significant challenges in that area that, uh, that organization, retail organizations are, are going to struggle with. Yes, I agree with you, Keith. I think returns are a big portion of the retail supply chain that needs some creative thinking. I saw some recent analysis from Gartner of 500 leading retailers that said from August 2019 to August 2020, 30% less of them are now offering free returns on goods. So ret retailers are getting smart and trying to find ways to incentivize consumers to return products in the most optimal fulfillment way, either to the store or to a UPS or FedEx location. So I think they're going to get there. But Keith, thank you so much for your time today. I want to give you a chance to give a shout out to your team or tell anybody listening that wants to learn more information about Voxware where to go. Thank you, Andrew. I appreciate you having me this morning. Yeah, check us out at uh, Voxware.com. All right. That's all for this week, folks. This has been another episode of Point of Sale, the show where we break down great retailers, the supply chains that move them, and the data they use to make decisions. Let's do this again next week. Wow.
Oh, 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 oh,